Yemi Mobilade, mayor-elect, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you feeling? Has it, has it sunk in yet that you will be leading Colorado's second largest city? It's sinking in more and more. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm good. And the more I wrap my head around the job, it's, it's sinking in more and more. But I'm still in shock. Don't get me wrong. And in good awe. Good awe? Good awe. <laughs> You know, um, we talked about uh, leading up to the election um, about a number of key issues that will help shape the city, attainable housing, growth, police reform, all shaped through what you describe as the importance of leadership. Um, where do you start and what is your number one priority? My number one priority, um, June 6th, after swearing in, is to ensure that we are all on the same page with my vision and our vision, as well as establishing a good culture within city admin. There's almost 3,000 people that work in city, within the city administration. And I, uh, it's one of my top priorities to not only connect with the directors, but to ensure that I, I have some time with the staff members to convene them in, in um, groups and to com communicate my vision as well as my culture because these 3,000 members will be representing me to the city. So I want to ensure that we're all working out of the same playbook. You know, the majority of city council supported your opponent in the election. Um, how are you planning to work with council, create unity in city government moving forward? I, I welcome that challenge and I'm up to that challenge. Unity is the name of the game. Unity is what I've been preaching, promoting, and what I've been doing in this community um, from my time as a pastor and trying to unite diverse faith traditions around to work from the same playbook, from my time even in city government to uniting government factions to my time working with um, the school districts, um, trying to help unite 10 school districts to work from the same playbook. So I'm, I'm looking forward to putting that into, into action in the mayor's office. So yes, um, five of them endorsed my opponent. Um, the other four didn't, but that's important. So we have a good starting place. I have to say I have met with Randy Helms, um, and he is, we've both expressed strong mutual desire to work together. So I'm, I'm excited about that. In fact, he's tried to call me twice already today. And I'm meeting with another city council member today who actually um, supported my opponent. So we're, I'm already making strides towards ensuring that we are working together for our residents. And in your acceptance speech Tuesday night, you said that uh, Colorado Springs will become an inclusive, culturally rich, economically prosperous, safe, and vibrant city on a hill that shines brightly. Um, just elaborate a little bit on that. Right. Um, each, each one of those aspects are, to me, an important part of um, a quality of life. So we talk about being an inclusive city. Um, that is uh, one of the strong message of my campaign, that the neighborhoods will of our city, we have a voice at the mayor's seat and the decisions that impact them and including um, members of our community that co consistently fell on the outs. Um, inclusive also means that transitioning us from a city, from being a city for the few to the city um, for the many, not just special interests, but the interest of our residents. Culturally rich, um, it's one of the marks of a great city is when you welcome diverse cultures. It actually has economic development implications um, to bring in more jobs and attract more talent. And so you see those growth happening, even with 
upcoming events like Juneteenth that's coming up here soon in um, um, Fiestas Patrias, uh, which I was a part of last year. And so that's kind of when I say culture and rich, understanding that our city is growing and becoming more diverse and to welcome it and embrace it. We've talked about safety, being on the top of our minds. Uh, we've been economically prosperous, um, ensuring that people have access to jobs, high paying jobs, you need to live in this community. And if we do all four things well, we will be vibrant. So you're a political newcomer and a businessman, and uh, how do you think that those qualities um, will serve you, or those characteristics will serve you as mayor? Yeah, um, let's talk about the political newcomer. Um, a political newcomer, um, but a seasoned city leader. Um, political new newcomer, I, I often quote Reagan's quote around the whole concept of being able to see things with fresh eyes, um, because I have not, the, those lenses have not been tainted with um, any any commitments or to any groups or persons that I owe anything to. So I'd be able to look at the issues very objectively. I make decisions from a place of being very objective. So I'm looking forward to readdressing even some of the pain points from a, from fresh eyes. And then what was the other one? Being a business. Oh yes, being a business one. That one is um, being in the arena, understanding not just hiring and creating good culture and also the ability to look into a budget and um, trim the fat and understand that we have limited resources. We, we there are a lot more needs, a lot more wants, a lot more desires that we have um, money for. How can we be creative? What else can we do? How can we find solutions to the answers to the, to the, to answer the needs um, that are in front of us? And so all those all those experiences will be helpful in the mayor's office in addition to being able to pick up the phone and call other business leaders to be a part of the solution to the issues ahead of us. Uh, you are also an independent and certainly the, the mayoral election is nonpartisan, um, but it is a city that is widely established as conservative and right. Republican. What do you think your election says about sort of the here and now for the city or the future for the city? Right. Uh, I think the, with regard to the here and now, um, what this election says is it, it brings to, to the conversation a group that we don't often talk about. I know um, we're quick to talk about and uh, ask the questions, are you Republican or Democrat? But we're not talking, there's, there's a group of us that no one is talking about, and we are the largest political party, the independent, 48% of us. Uh, unaffiliated. So what this election says is we matter too. <laughs> uh, we want to be a part of the conversation. I represent that group and not that we don't affiliate to any values. Um, we do. We just are not quite, we're having second thoughts about the political party machine. And so I, I am proud to bring that, to represent that group and to bring that conversation to the, to the forefront. And it's really important too that I'm also proud that I have run a campaign that is true to the to the intent of our own local laws and um, city charter that demands that this the election cycle is a nonpartisan election. I, I, no one is talking about the fact that we in 1979 our city charter was amendment amended to say it's a nonpartisan election, and that all candidates we submit a sworn affidavit to city clerk that we've not been endorsed by any political party. No one is talking about why we haven't honored that. 
We've gone through the motions, but yeah, we're running partisan politics. See, our, our, our quality of life um, should not be t tied to just political preference and that preferences, and that's really important. You moved to Colorado Springs to start a church, and you also served as a ministry leader at First Presbyterian Church here yes. in Colorado Springs. Religion and the Republican Party are generally thought of as going hand in hand. How have you navigated uh, to separate church and politics, or or how has that served you going into politics? Casillos, um, I love you, is an, an organization I co-founded. And what we've successfully done is, while it's um, it unites diverse churches together, what we've done is to serve the city, no strings attached. Um, faith is an inspiration to do good for me um, and not to promote hate. The values of kindness and empathy um, and humility and courage to do the right thing, that's what faith does. And that's, the, that's part of my leadership. And so it informs how I will be leading, not so much from a looking at politics and government from a religious experience. There's place for that in our community. We need our faith communities, our faith sectors from all faith because they connect us to a higher power, but the work of government is different. But what we can draw from them from faith is the values that keep us grounded and keep us, help us, help us to be good humans and to see each other and to restore truth, beauty, and goodness in every single person. So Colorado Springs is, uh, as mentioned earlier, it's the um, second largest city in the state. No city, though, works only within its boundaries. What, what happens here also affects the rest of the state and the region. So how are you planning to work with other city and state leaders to shape Colorado? Easy. Um, I'm already doing so. On, on, um, yeah, just last night, I got a text from the mayor of Grand Junction telling me, um, Congratulations, I got a text from the former mayor of um, Salida telling me congratulations. Um, the point I'm getting at is um, there's a lot to learn from other cities. In fact, I have the affordable plan, affordable housing plan from the city of Grand, Grand Junction. I'm just comparing notes. Um, I participate in a program called the Governor's Fellowship. I'm a, I'm a 2019 class of Governor's Fellows. That program um, did two things, gave me access to the governor's office and his cabinet. It has also given me access to leaders from across the state who are also having similar problems and trying to find solutions to the, to the similar problems that we are encountering. So I look forward to um, learning from others. I look forward to also sharing with them things that I've learned and working together uh, with other leaders from across the state. You know, one big economic consideration in Colorado Springs is whether or not Space Command stays here. Right. Uh, can you comment on that ongoing effort? Absolutely. Most recently, I've I've, I've learned that um, we're making more hires. We are we're continuing to work as though it's here to stay. And I think there's wisdom in in that we the decision, the final decision, has not been made. I am proud of the many efforts that are happening from the local level to state level and federal level. Um, the big benefit of this tension around Space Command is this infrastructure from across levels of government that we now have in place that we can use to address other issues. We have strong communication, we have strong collaboration, and I see an opportunity to use that to solve other issues today that we will encounter. I'm talking to the current mayor about Space Command. I fully intend to 
fight for it to stay here and do our best. But um, more importantly, is one of the issues that is making it hard, us, harder for us to keep it here is around housing affordability. So we must address that so we don't lose other future opportunities. And that's a part of this whole space command crisis that keeps me up at night is our housing affordability crisis. You're the first elected black mayor of Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. um, and you're a naturalized U.S. citizen from Nigeria and West Africa. Does any of that have any special meaning for you? Yeah, and uh, I got to be honest, I I don't think of myself in those terms. Um, I don't wake up thinking of myself. I didn't wake up today thinking, oh, yeah, you're the first black elected, elected black mayor or your first elected immigrant mayor or whatever those criteria are. Those are important. I'm going to get back to that in a second. But how I see myself is, is part of the story of the American dream, the land of opportunities, and even the reasons why many of us came to Colorado Springs, which is also land of opportunities. And to whom much has been given, much has been required. So I've succeeded and I want to pay it forward. Now, the cool thing about my story is that I am black. I am immigrant. I got naturalized almost six years ago. Those are profound. And I don't want to, I don't want to miss or not acknowledge the beauty and the magic of that. Not just because I get to say I am the first. Those things don't matter to me. In fact, I, for being honest, I, I have a pet peeve when leaders start with that. I am the but what makes that so special is the fact that two young black leaders in the 23-year-olds look at me and said on the, on, the, on the election night last night and said, because someone that looks like us has become mayor, now we feel that the sky is the limit. We can do anything. Man, that helps me go to sleep at night. It helps me get up. That's why that matters. Not because it's a badge of honor I get to wave as an identity politics thing, but it's because of what it would do for the next generation of leaders. And as I walk to my kids' school and see all these young kids, yeah, me familiar. And the number of kids that have been involved in politics this year at such a young age because my family is relatable, that, that's what makes me happy. So that's where the, my profile matters because my, my wife and, you, and I are young, relatively speaking, in our 40s, running for office, which is different, which is another ceiling, if you may, in this city. But the fact that that is now, that's public and now families see us and they relate to us, they're having conversations about us in their home, they're talking to their kids about politics because the kids watch TV and they see other kids, mm-hmm. that's, that's a sweet spot. Mayor-elect Yemi Mobilade, thank you for your time today. Thank you.